Welcome to Metal Injections, the Squared Circle Pit. Today's special guest from Busted Open Radio, Dave Rukrekka. And now, here's your host, Rob Paspani. It seems as though I took the summer off here at Squared Circle Pit. I did not forget about my wrestling fan metalheads. It's Rob back with a very busy fall for Squared Circle Pit. Got a lot of guests lined up now that I took a bit of a break. Thank you for sticking with me. Thank you for visiting us here at Metal Injection. If this is your first episode of Squared Circle Pit, just want to let you know this is a podcast that meets at the intersection of heavy metal and pro wrestling. And in the past, we've had metal musicians talk about pro wrestling, like Slipknot's Corey Taylor, Tools Maynard. Uh, we've had a lot, of big, a lot of big names talk about pro wrestling. And then we've had wrestlers talk about metal, like Bubba Ray Dudley, Chris Jericho, Kenny Omega, and even CM Punk. So you can go back and check out all the archives, lots of great episodes Go to metalinjection.net slash squared circle pit. I have an awesome guest today, someone I wanted to get on the show for a long time, uh, a fellow East Coaster, a fellow Northeasterner. He's a Jersey boy. I'm a New Yorker. And we met, we hung out, we talked about pro wrestling. This was taped last week before the final weekend of the G1, so we don't really talk about what happened there. But after the interview, stick around and I'll give you my thoughts on the G1, but right now let's hang out with Dave LaGreca of Busted Open Radio. Oh, and I quickly actually want to uh, remind everyone, uh, I promised Dave I would mention this, if you're going to SummerSlam this Sunday here in Brooklyn, New York, Dave and the whole Busted Radio team is going to be hosting a SummerSlam pre-party right around the corner from the event. Hit up Busted Open Radio on socials for all the info. I think Dave mentions it at the end of the show, at the end of the interview, rather which is starting right now. Now entering the Squared Circle Pit, a man I've wanted to have on the show for a long time. You can hear him every morning on Sirius XM with Busted Open, the only daily wrestling talk show, which I love. I have Dave LaGreca here. Dave, how long have you been uh, broadcasting? All right, so I've been, I've been doing radio for forever. Um, you know, I have a you know, FAN, ESPN radio, NFL radio, but uh, I've been doing Busted Open. Actually, this April will be 10 years. Wow. My 10 year anniversary of Busted Open. Well, so. congratulations. It's, Thank you, man. It's, it's hard to keep a job for 10 years, especially when it's cool. So, and this business is almost impossible. Yeah. And, you know, people <laughs> always tell me, like, oh, man, I wish I had your job. I think you're one of the very few people where I'm like, man, I wish I had your job. <laughs> I, and, and maybe it's because I'm married, but uh, I, I can't wait to go to work every day. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> Violetta's going to hear this. My wife's going to hear this. She's going to get so pissed. But no, it's it's it really is a dream job. And it's it was a struggle. It, it started one day a week for an hour and then two and three. And now five days a week, three hours a day. And having guys like Bully Ray and Mark Henry and Tommy Dreamer. Uh, being a part of the show it, it truly is a dream come true and i i look forward to going to work every day it is really crazy because i feel like you know uh I, I busted open has been on my radar for a while and at first it just seemed like kind of a passive talk show but lately it's kind of been a newsbreaker in the sense like you guys have been really scoring some top-notch guests in the wrestling world and even guest hosts like having bully and tommy yeah. and all that and i feel it's evident in, in the expansion of the of the show and what, like, so you said you worked in radio before. How did you fall into doing a wrestling show? It was just an idea I had um, 
you know, being uh, with Sirius XM, I was the morning show producer for NFL radio mm -hmm. and Doug Mortman, who was my co-host for seven years of this journey. Uh, we kind of came up with this idea together. Uh, we wanted to, um, we wanted to do a wrestling show. We brought it up to our boss, Steve Cohen. And when it comes, and you probably get this in the metal community too. Not everybody in the mainstream community takes metal seriously. Exactly. And it's the same thing with wrestling. Mm -hmm. You know, NFL, Major League Baseball, they're on board. You throw in pro wrestling, they kind of just like shake their heads. But it took some convincing, and and then Doug and I started the show, and and we never looked back. And Doug's moved on to bigger and better things. But I kept this going, and 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 I think it's this is the biggest the show has ever been is right now. I would have to I would have to agree. And, you know, I see all the time, like I follow wrestling news sites and people come on your show and they'll say something. And it's like, whoa, this is new. Like this is breaking news right here. This person just revealed something. And I think that's really cool that you guys have a platform now to kind of continue the metal, uh, the wrestling story. Yeah. And, and it's I'm a, a lifelong wrestling fan, but I really felt it last week. You know, last week we had Billy Corgan and it was mm. it was the the morning of him playing his sold-out performance at Madison Square Garden. And he, and listen, we get celebrities in here and rock stars in SiriusXM all the time, but he came up just for Busted Open. Like, he just wanted to come on Busted Open, and that really made me think, like, wow, yeah, we're really doing something that's making a difference in the community, and also not just in the wrestling community, but we're also trying to branch. And that's why I'm so glad that you asked me to join. Uh, your show because it's like we're branching out even outside of the wrestling community a little bit yeah absolutely and uh of course this is a wrestling meets metal podcast and and you've had me on your show which thank you very much yeah, we well, talked about metal a bit there but i think it's i, I think it's like like yeah this is a, a you know a wrestling you know metal show mm -hmm. but just but like that metal community is if if I've been a lifelong wrestling fan. The only thing that probably tops that for me is metal. Like that's yeah. those two things have been in my life like as long as I can remember has been heavy metal and pro wrestling. So the fact that you have a show that blends the two together, that's like that's like a dream come true too because yeah. it's like you know for a long time when I was a wrestling fan I, and I and a metal fan back back in the day when I was like 13, 14 years old there wasn't that blend between mm -hmm. the two, but because of people like you, you see that blend now here. Yeah, and also it's weird that there wasn't that blend because it seems like metal was such a natural, or like let's even expand it to hard rock, was such a natural part mm -hmm. of pro wrestling, even in the 80s. Like Hulk Hogan's Real American, that is a bona fide hard rock tune, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like that is just pure hard rock. And, and rock was such a big part, like even in the Attitude Era, the... The theme song to Raw is is just like the that's thorn when in your he's eye. really started to yeah, feel like, it. Yeah, it was just like, and also that was a fun fact. Scott Ian was one of the people. It was Scott Ian, uh, John Kelly from Typo. They were like the assembled band for that song. So it was like written by legit metal yeah. legend. So so I feel like metal and wrestling always had a connection. It's only till recently that people such as myself have made the connection. This is my the favorite thing I do on Metal Injection is is this show. And I wanted to ask you, so since metal and wrestling have always been a part of your life, which came first for you? Do you remember? Like, which did you get into? It, it was metal. And that's because of my brother. My brother was uh, a big metal guy, and he's older. So having an older brother, that's a heavy influence on you. Mm -hmm. um, I, and I started really young, man. Like, like I'm talking kindergarten. Like, oh, wow. like my My in first grade and i remember this like it was yesterday 
my mom took my brother and I to Sears and they had in the record department. She gave us each a couple of bucks and said, go buy whatever record album you want. And I bought Kiss Alive, too. It was literally like right around when Kiss Alive 2 came out. This is 1978. And um, like I've never looked back since then. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I I was a Kiss fan first, probably before anything. But and then I remember my brother coming home and bringing home Venom at war with Satan. Oh, wow. And then took it took then it to like yeah. just another level. But yeah, the, I, I've been literally a, a hard rock metal fan since since the first grade. That's crazy. I wish I had a this is why I always wish I had like an older brother or an older sibling to kind of help expose me to all the stuff that I had to seek out myself and like learn about myself. But you got the education early. And I'm and listen, I know you probably can't tell from my youthful good looks, but I'm <laughs> I'm an old man. I'm 47 years old. So, like I bought like you know, I bought Ace of Spades when it first came out. Number of the yeah. Beast when it first came out. I I remember going to the record store and buying these albums without even knowing any of the songs on them just based on what I already knew about these bands because of my brother. So so yeah, you would have to go in blind like you would buy Motorhead not knowing that this is the one of the best records it of turns all out time. to be like yeah. you know it, it, you know number of the beast you know the, 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 these albums metallica kill em all i remember going in and buying that album and just buying it strictly for the album cover i never mm -hmm. even heard of metallica mm -hmm. i didn't know any of the songs but that album cover was just so brutal and it was just so yeah. like i so inviting as somebody that you know especially at my age right for a you young know, young you know, like man 12 year old <laughs> yeah, yeah it's like, like well, i had to yes. buy that album and then and then putting it on and getting blown away so it, it would be out it would be vinyls that you're buying right oh this yeah point. this is yeah this is vinyl right this yeah. is the early 80s and that's really interesting you know so, something that gets brought up all the time but like at that time you didn't that was the only way to know if if you would like an album is is the cover cool yeah you know you, there wasn't you couldn't really sample it was there was there metal on the radio at the time? Was there SOU or no? Like I mean like SOU. So, I started getting into SOU later. Like that was probably when I was in high school. Mm -hmm. There was a, a show out of New Rochelle called Midnight Metal with mm -hmm. Matt O'Shaughnessy. Yeah. Um, I don't even know if you even have heard of the name Matt O'Shaughnessy. No, I have not. I honestly <laughs> haven't heard that name since I used to listen to the show. But this is going this is going back in to the mid '80s. He had a show. Um, the, the radio station out of New Rochelle, um, I want to, if, if I remember correctly, and I could be wrong, I think it was WRTN, and it was all like standards and waltz music through the day, and the, his father owned the radio station, and he took it over Saturday nights at midnight from midnight to five in the morning. He called it Midnight wow. Metal. And he would, and that was really the only radio exposure that I remember. There was like, you know, like quote unquote hard rock shows on like NEW and stuff like that mm -hmm. on the weekends. But that was like the first ever true metal show that I heard. Right. Like, so hard rock would be considered like Aerosmith, like stuff, stuff like, like that. that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like nothing, not too heavy. So that's cool. So then how did wrestling come into your life? Uh, wrestling came into my wife, uh, 1982. Uh, I was by my buddy's house, Jeff Gillert. And, um, he I went over there on a Saturday and he was watching wrestling on, on, on the TV and he goes, are you a wrestling fan? I said, no. And he and it, it wound up being Georgia Championship Wrestling. Now, this is New Jersey. I'm a Jersey guy. Mm -hmm. But but because of cable TV, he was watching Georgia Championship Wrestling. And the first person that I saw was 
uh, Tommy Rich. He was being interviewed by Gordon Soley. And Tommy Rich had the long blonde hair, and it reminded right, this is me. Peak Tommy Rich. This is peak. Yeah, this is. Yeah, <laughs> this this is like FBI. This, like yeah, this isn't bloated Tommy yeah, Rich. Yeah, yeah. This is like heartthrob Tommy Rich. And it remi- and and at first I thought it was David Lee Roth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. It, and and then it was Tommy Rich, and and then there was a commercial break. He comes back, and Gordon Soley is interviewing Mad Dog Buzz Sawyer, who's just screaming and yelling about Tommy Rich. And uh, and from from that moment on, I was hooked and I just was. And it's just like with metal in wrestling, like as soon as you're hooked, you want to watch and buy everything. So right away, I looked through my TV guide to see what other wrestling shows there were. I started buying the wrestling magazines and I was just obsessed with pro wrestling from that day forward. That's a great point. I think that's so true about both genres is like once you're into it, yep. you're just into like uh like with wrestling too i remember as a kid any like i was not discriminating you know like i was a wwf guy but i would tape wcw worldwide it was on at like one in the morning usually i would tape yeah. watch it sunday morning i would watch i got philly channels as a kid like my parents room the antenna somehow picked up philly channels so uh in my teen years i would get first run ecw awesome wccw and like all these other companies and i'd be like this is heaven. This is absolute heaven. Uh, and yeah, and with metal as well. When I first got into it, it's like I want to hear every Metallica album. I want to hear every yeah everything. I just want to know everything about everything. And that was the thing. There was because this is going back to when there was record stores. And when I was, uh, you know, when I was like, you know, 13, 14 years old, there was the flea market that I went to in Elmwood Park, and there was a couple of record stores. One that's actually still called Music Connection in Elmwood Park that's still open which is amazing to me. It's like, I, 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 when that store finally closes, there's going to be a huge piece of me that just dies. Cause I, and I, I don't even need to shop there just knowing that it's there. Right, yeah. But yeah, we'd go in and I remember when the new records would come in, me and my friends would just skim through them. And like, I, like we talked about before, whatever bands had like the coolest name or yeah. like, uh, or the coolest cover, those are the ones that we just bought. Do you remember a situation where you felt that, but then you listened to it and it was just absolute crap? Oh yeah. There's, <laughs> I mean, obviously there, 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 were, there, there were a lot a of, ton of those bands. There were yeah. a ton of those bands. I remember there was a band called Anvil bitch mm-hmm. and it just, <laughs> it just sounded cool. And I went back and it was, it, it was crap, but um, it didn't matter. Like yeah. it was just like, that was like the big thing at that time. And, and listen, it's so easy now with your phones. And I don't want to sound like the old man. It's like, well, back in my day, it was, <laughs> it was so much better. But, you know, it was kind of cool. Like when you bought an album and you were listening to that record and you were just staring at the lyrics and staring at the back cover and, and just you studied that album, the, the, the whole thing was just it was just a, a complete experience. Yeah, it was a much more romantic yeah, experience. Yeah, yeah. Like, like I mentioned Kiss Alive 2. I was playing Kiss Alive 2 on like my Mickey Mouse record player. <laughs> and I must have stared at those four pictures mm-hmm. of, of, you know, Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley and Peter Chris and Ace Frehley. Like, they're, it's like embedded in my brain those because I just would stay and then you open up the gatefold and I had that live shot of all the pyro going right. off and everything and it's like you're like you you said it perfectly it it was romantic it was just it was a part of you it was a thread inside of you and 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 that's the biggest thing about heavy metal music and I talked about this with Chris Jericho the last time he was on and I actually mentioned this to Baron Corbin Baron Corbin's a huge huge metal right. guy too yeah. and before I started to interview Baron Corbin, knowing he was a metal guy, there was right away there was like that that handshake, like "What's up, brother?" Like, 
we're all in this together. It's like you can see somebody, you see somebody with an Iron Maiden T-shirt on or a Metallica yeah. T-shirt. Like instantly, you you feel a connection to that person, and that's the biggest thing about wrestling. Like right now, as you're interviewing me, you have the Stone Cold Steve Austin shirt. Like we're connected just by like the T-shirt, that just you're our wearing. shared knowledge. Yes, of it. and that's a great. Like I actually had a connection like that with of all people, Brock Lesnar. <laughs> I don't know if I've said this on the show before, but they were doing one of those. WWE 2K uh, promo events. Mm -hmm. uh, I believe it was two years ago. And Brock, it was the one where Brock was on the cover. So he had to come out and do publicity, yeah. which is his least favorite thing in the world to do. And he was kind of cornered off him and Paul Heyman. And you had to, as a, uh, all the media would stand in line and they'd have to ask, you know, wait their turn to ask mm -hmm. questions. And he, I remember he had, he was just drinking vodka straight because he was just like not having a good time. All these people, they're asking him, like, stuff he doesn't want to talk. They're asking him about, like, oh, will you fight Conor McGregor? Or, like, are you going to beat up Randy Orton? Or, like, he's like, I don't care. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then I come up, and I'm like, hey, it's, it's a pleasure to meet both of you. I just want to let you know I'm not going to ask anything about wrestling. I just want to talk about heavy metal. And he was like, all right, yeah. Like, like he finally perked up after being, like, such a curmudgeon about... Dog. So Brock's a metal guy? Yeah. Yes. I had no idea. He is very much a metal guy. And I was asking him what he was listening to. He was like, I'm jamming the new Metallica right now. I've been, I listen to a lot of Motley Crue. I think he's, like, more old school, like, metal hard rock. And, and then I was like, oh, who would be your... If you could have a tag team partner from the metal world, who would it be? And he picked Rob Zombie. He's like, I was like, I, the scariest guy I know, Rob Rob Zombie. And then the producer or whatever was like shuffling me away, like, all right, mm -hmm. that's enough. And I was like trying to get my gear all together, and I just feel a paw on my back, and like, hey, I was like, whoa, what? What's going on? And he extends his hand out to me. He's like, great interview. That was that was wow. a, that was a good one. You slayed and, the beast, my friend. Like I felt. So, yeah, like I, I felt so accomplished that like this guy, this is the thing he wants to do least in the world. And for like two minutes, it was not as terrible for him. So, yeah, just because we have that connection, connection about music. man. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Dude. And I think at UFC, he came out to Metallica. He did. Uh, Entertainment. Yeah. Man. Right, right, right. So that's crazy too. his whole Brock Lesnar is the most unique uh, performer in professional sports. right? Like nobody can get away with his. Uh, schedule or his like who else can go to Vince, Vince and be few. like I want to go I want to go potentially permanently injure myself <laughs> in the UFC while I'm under contract to you and you have to let me do it you know no one he he's, wouldn't allow he's, anybody he's blockbuster he's a megastar yeah. he can do pretty much whatever he wants and that that's so cool you that you have that connection with somebody like Brock Lesnar and that he actually complimented you because he doesn't throw away you know compliments at all um you know, Chris Jericho is somebody obviously has that connection with with metal and music with with his band Fozzy. And we text all the time and it's always just about music. If I text him something about wrestling, I'm not going to get a reply. <laughs> but like we'll just text about silly stuff about Kiss or about Cooper or, 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 or anything just to throw stuff out. And I was recently on his podcast about wrestling at Madison Square Garden. Yeah, I heard that was a great But episode. he really wanted that to be with Bully and I to talk about which was a better album, uh, Shout at the Devil or Too Fast for Love. But mm -hmm. Bully Bully wasn't on that day. It was Mark Henry, and then mm -hmm. we came up with the topic for MSG. But that, 
originally was supposed to be obviously a hard rock conversation. Right, right, right. So I want to. Did you? What was your first show? Was it a, a wrestling show or a metal show? Do it was you remember? Metal, it was, no, my first show was a wrestling show. Do you remember where was it? An yeah, asshole? It was or? no. It was at the Meadowlands. Oh, Meadowlands. I'm a Jersey, right, guy. Jersey guy. Jersey, I'm a Jersey, Jersey. guy. That, I, for some reason, I thought you were a Long Island guy. Like the the the. the that, I'm, I'm, point, I'm pointing with <laughs> That's a big insult to a Jersey guy. My apologies. <laughs> I'm a Jersey all the way because there's very few of us that are proud to be Jerseys. I'm 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 that one right, of the, so, one so of the few. You, you came up in the Meadowlands, basically. Meadowlands is my is my building, man. And yeah. it's closed down now and it's yeah. like it hurts me. I always like I take the train home and I'll do it today when we're done with this interview. I'll take the train home and I always glance over and look at that building and and uh, I'm 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 thankful because my love for, for wrestling and music really blossomed by being in that building. Mm-hmm. Um, but the first time I went to wrestling is, uh, was March of 1984. My dad oh, took wow. me. Okay. And it was, uh, the main event was Hogan against Dr. D. David Schultz. Okay. So, so that was right before, a few years before wrestling, like two years before wrestling. Yeah, it was before WrestleMania. So yeah, since Schultz is still in the company. This was yeah. when this was before he slapped John Stossel in <laughs> yeah, the face yeah. on 2020. But that was the first time. But in my, and my first concert was actually at Giant Stadium. Was Monsters of Rock. Oh, wow. it who was, was on that? It was uh, Kingdom Come, Dokken, Metallica, Scorpions, and Van Halen. Wow. That is that is a great <laughs> cherry buster, and right it there. was it was just before Injustice for All came out. Oh wow! So it w- and it was was uh, David Lee Roth still with Van Halen? At that point? No, it was oh, uh, it was, was a- Sammy Hagar, okay. and and this was when Jason New said just joined Metallica. Oh wow! So it was all it was it, so it was still they were just it was heavy, obviously you know a Master of Puppets, and the only. So and Injustice hadn't come out yet, so the only song they played from Injustice for All was "Harvester of Sorrow." Mm. It's kind of just like a taste of yeah, yeah. of that album before it came out, which and Metallica blew everybody away. That Everyone was, away. I mean, arguably Metallica at their peak right there, like right before Justice. I mean, you could argue, you know, without Cliff, it's a little past their peak, but I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't take that argument. Well, <laughs> I it, think Jason's great. Justice for All is my favorite Metallica okay, album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that period, and, and, and I saw him at the Meadowlands on the Injustice tour. Um, that was probably, for me, like the peak of Metallica was that tour for Injustice for All. It's interesting because I feel like with Metallica fans, uh, 10 years ago, let's say 15 years ago, people were like, oh, you don't have to listen to anything after the Black Album. They stopped being good after the Black Album. Then it became... Ah, the Black Album sucks. You don't have to listen yeah. to anything after Justice. Now it seems like the quote-unquote elitists are like, oh, I only listen to Cliff-era Metallica. Yeah. You know, like, pretty soon it's going to be like, you know, just ride the lightning. You know, like, every every few years it, it regresses yeah. back, where it's like, no, all of it, all of it is It's great. all good. It's yeah. all good. There's there's highlights on Load and Reload as well. Like, overall not great albums, a few good songs. You know, you can't. Yeah, it Reload's a bit of a stretch. Well, you know, on Load. You're right, you're right, you're right. <laughs> but I mean, hey, you know, like I know you didn't throw out Saint Anger there. Saint Anger is terrible. Uh, Lulu is terrible. Yeah, Lulu is terrible. Uh, Death Magnetic. All right, it's not bad. It's not bad. It's the not new bad. one, Hardwire. Very I, good. I, I, I really like. Very, it. very I good. Agree. But I remember at the time when the Black Album came out, there was a there was like a real backlash with mm-hmm. the Black Black Album. First of all, with the videos because 
they they said they were never going to have like a quote unquote video like, like a performance yeah video. and then they, they they said with one because it was a concept and they were, yeah, you know yeah, and like everything else film. they were in, well they were in it yeah, yeah yeah they were in it but it was yeah. they, they, that was because when they came out with the video for Cl the, the cliff and wall video the mm -hmm. home video they said this is metallica we're not buying into whole mtv stuff and then they started making videos but um there was a bit of a backlash with the with the black album from that hardcore fan base but you can't deny that's a that's a great album, the Black Album. Yeah, and it's exactly what they wanted to do. It's not like a, a suit came to them and told them, uh, "We want you to sound like we want you to have the same sound as Motley Crue." They're the ones that heard "Shout at the Devil" and they were like, "I want that drum sound. Get me that producer." Yeah. And that's how they hooked up with Bob Rock. Like they s seeked out Bob yep. Rock. It wasn't like Electra Records told them you have to work with Bob. They wanted to. That's what I don't understand about fans sometimes is like they get mad at artists they enjoy when the artist is trying to express themselves like this is Happens how all yeah. the time yeah this is how this artist is choosing to express himself so you can't i mean you could not like it it's your right to yeah. like or just but you can't tell them they shouldn't be they should be doing something else well because it's the classic you sold out and right like, and that's what a lot of fans were saying about metallica you, you see it with every band they have their like you sold out moment when they mm -hmm. go from being just a the hardcore fan base band to like going mainstream, you're always going to get a pushback from your from yeah. your fan base. It's interesting. It's that way in metal. In in the wrestling fandom, it's kind of the opposite. Like people want you to go to WWE. Yes. Like they want you to. Which I mean, sure, you have you have to feed your family. Yeah. And, and it's and it's always funny because like 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 the Young Bucks and Cody Rhodes are doing like amazing historical things right now. But the whole big question is like, all right, when is when is the Young Bucks going to go to the WWE? Like that's always seems to be the underlying yeah. question. And my response people. when talking to people like, do you really want to see no. the Young Bucks in WWE? Yeah, no. Like look at look at uh, Anderson and Gallows. They were the top tag team in New Japan. Yep. Now they're kind of they're on main event every week. I, I'm sure their salaries are much bigger and their families are much happier that yes. they're home more often. But in terms of their characters, not so much. And with Young Bucks, they're already making, I'm assuming, very good money. They're making top guy indie money. They're probably making each six figures. They're not going to get that in WWE. They're going to get, I mean... I feel like maybe now they would because because of the threat of the competition. Well, I think like their base would be bigger, but mm -hmm. their bottom line I think is better that they're outside the WWE. Yeah, WWE wouldn't let them do ninety percent of the stuff yeah. they're doing. Like it, they're doing everything on their own term, terms, and I think there's something to be said about that. And you know, it's kind of interesting because like this whole indie wrestling explosion right now is 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 pretty exciting, uh, and. I feel it really, like the indie explosion really kicked off really hard about four, three or four years ago, I feel. Like mm -hmm. people are really, really starting to pay attention. And I think it's finally wrestling has recovered from like 2001 when WCW and ECW kind of went under and there was no alternative. It was just WWE yep. and then like, you know, indies. But now like Ring of Honor has kind of built itself up really nice to the point that they're about to sell out madison square garden crazy which is it's so nuts i got my tickets I, i'm i yeah I, it, it's amazing to me and you look at what's going on right now outside of the wwe if you if you and i were having this conversation a year ago and i said that the nwa title was going to be defended in front of a sold out crowd of ten thousand fans i would i would have thought i was nuts you know yeah. that that you know ring of honor and New Japan would be going to Madison Square Garden, 
first of all, I, I would say that's not ever going to happen. Yeah, that's impossible. WWE it's would never impossible. let that happen. Yeah. Vince McMahon would never let that happen, number one. And number two, like, that place would be half empty. And first day sales, they sold 9,000 tickets first day. And that's only for their honor club members that's not even to the general audience right. yet and they have nine th- so yeah. that we're gonna I, I look at a sold out crowd i explicitly signed up for honor club just for the pre because i'm like i first non-wwe msg show in 50 years i have to be like the garden to me i am a total mark for the garden anytime i go to a show there wrestling rock i fucking get into that main room i'm like just dazzled <laughs> like yeah. i look at the 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 beautiful like roof all the all the team flags i do a little like a little you know flashback of how upset i was at the knicks fucking up in the 90s by seeing all their division championships if 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 ewing (laughs) just dunked the ball instead of the finger roll against the pacers who knows oh my god so like fucking reggie miller ruining (laughs) it for everybody (laughs) and but it's just it's there's so much history in that and like i've seen so much wrestling in that arena yeah so many and you on tv so it's like there's so much to take in, and to be in that arena and see Tanahashi, Okada, like I, I can't even fathom it. I think the one the one knock for me uh, when it came to the Garden was the fact that it was just WWF WWE centric mm-hmm. when it came to wrestling, right? Um, and and, and music wise, you're right. Like you know, I saw the, you know when the Kiss you know Kiss reunited, they did four nights at the Garden. I was there three of the four nights. It was just amazing. But my knock on the garden was that it's just WWF WWE. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you can't say that anymore now. Yeah. And and uh, and oddly, it's WWE's own fault. Yeah. <laughs> like because uh, what happened? You know, if you don't follow the wrestling too closely, what happened is WWE booked WrestleMania at Giants or MetLife Stadium, mm-hmm. and then they booked all the peripheral shows NXT, Raw, SmackDown at Barclays in Brooklyn. Yep. But last time they did it at msg all the all the other shows right no what they did is they had and they were smart though though it was at metlife for for 29 Mm -hmm. all like raw and smackdown Mm -hmm. were well actually it was just raw because smackdown was later in the week it was you know it was oh right right, right, like it is now yeah they had but they had they had fan access and they had raw at the Izod Center, the, the Meadowlands right, Arena. Right. Oh, okay, and then just the Hall of and Fame. And they had Hall of Fame here at the Garden. Mm-hmm. And to me, the probably the most special night out of all those nights, including WrestleMania, was the Hall of Fame because Bruno got in, Foley got in, yeah, Bob Backlund got in. Trish it was an amazing class. Yeah, amazing class. Mm-hmm. This year, like you said, everything's at the Barclays. Not one event is at Madison Square Garden. As a wrestling fan, as, as a wrestling purist, as a historian, like how can you have... WrestleMania weekend in New York, New Jersey, and not have one of those events at Madison Square right. Garden. So you're right. I think the Garden was like, this is ridiculous. You're only giving us about two or three live events a year. Mm-hmm. You're, we're going to look elsewhere. And that's exactly what they did. And they're going to have a huge crowd. Yeah, it's. I am very fascinated uh, by this. And I'm very fascinated by the non-WWE wrestling scene because I think it's really having a moment. And I think what's kind of going on is for the longest time, people were not necessarily into the product WWE is delivering. Yep. Whether the storylines, the wrestlers, whatever. And finally, the technology has caught up to where you can watch other promotions all over the world, Mm -hmm. just from your phone, your computer. And it's much easier. Like, I can't, I am still floored that there is a 
ongoing New Japan tournament, and I can watch it live. I can watch it live with English commentary. Like crazy. uh, Ten years ago, my only outlet to Japan was like the most low res daily motion yeah <laughs> imports and like a friend would have to like you know there, there was no centralized location for it so you kind of had to either like my friend was really into irc so he had like that way of getting it and he's like here you got to check out this kenta marafuji match or whatever and i'm like all right sure whereas now i'm like i i would say i'm more into new japan than wwe at the moment just because it's so i'm with good. you man I'm, I, first of all, like I, I'm going back to the '80s. Like I was, I I would order the videotapes, and it would take four. I remember twelve to fourteen weeks to get right. to get the you know the VHS tape that only had like sixty minutes of 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 of, of wrestling on it. But it, it was it was something different. It was something yeah. new. Um, you're so right. We kind of take it for granted. Like when I'm on the train after this interview, I got the New Japan icon on my phone. I I, I go to New Japan World, and I'll watch I'll watch the G1. Mm-hmm. Um, or I'll go onto the fight app and watch the latest episode of Ring of Honor. Right. You know, it, or it's it's uh, just right on my phone. Yeah, my like when I'm in the home. gym, I'm doing cardio. I'm watching G1 because you know it's the awesome. G1 is every night. You got to fucking yeah. It's, it's like a, it's homework. <laughs> I, I, I'm so happy. Like Tanahashi's in first place. I'm like yeah. ecstatic about that. This has been an unbelievable G1. We're we're recording this right before the final weekend. Yeah. And I, I mean, the B block has been the highlight like there have been crazy matches ishii and omega ishii and ibushi like anything with ishii ibushi omega five star naito yeah 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 ishii and omega got 5.5 like five star is not good enough five good five stars is like good now because now dave Meltzer has raised it to like seven stars now right right well i I guess like for him it's like well what is a five star match this was better than that match so i have to rank it a little higher uh but even that like even with wwe now like you said I remember vividly it'd be the vi- the wrestling videos would come out on a Tuesday, like a month after the pay-per-view. And I would run to the video store to rent it. And like they knew me. They knew what cool. I was there for. And like that was the only way to keep up with wrestling is like two months behind the pay-per-views. And I guess there were only four a year at the time. So it wasn't that bad. But it's crazy now that I can go and look at all of those pay-per-views whenever i want it's just like the technology has made being a wrestling fan and to bring it back to music being a music fan easier than ever yeah because it's the same thing with music like i'm always going to find out what the latest music news is you know back in the day it was you know metal edge and circus and hip parader magazine and you're finding it out three months after the fact and now it's like Right now, I can find out what's going on right in the moment. It's right. crazy, and, yeah. And the fact, like, too, that I host, like, like I can't believe it. Like, I host a three-hour, five-day-a-week wrestling show where we can talk about New Japan and Ring of Honor and, of course, WWE. But I always try to mix in those other things. I always yeah. try to give a voice to even like the the like Evolve or any of the indie scenes. Like we had Joey Janela and you know yesterday talking about his. His show that's coming up, Lost in New York. I want to give that platform that that we're not just talking about the WWE because the WWE has their own platform. I kind of yeah. want to be the voice for other wrestling so that uh, you know people can can hear about it and also people can discover it. Yeah, and you could expose people yes. to new wrestling. Yeah, and that's the other thing I feel like. Uh, again, going back, quote unquote, back in the day, people would just follow WWF or WCW. They would, or like maybe ECW, ECW, but like they wouldn't know anything about 
indie or Japanese wrestling. Now, I have friends of mine who are casual wrestling fans, do not watch every week. They know about Kenny Omega. They know about Joey Janela. They could just because of these or Joey Ryan, for example, yeah. just like people that don't even watch wrestling know about Joey Ryan just because of the virality of, of his shtick. Well, think about it. And like you mentioned, the Young Bucks, you can go into Hot Topic at the mall and right. see Cody T-shirts and Young Buck T-shirts. That to me is so crazy. I was I was visiting friends in Virginia. We went to the mall to get some food or whatever. And I'm like, oh, shit, there's Hot Topic. I just want to go in. See where the deal is here. And it's prominent. Like, yep. it's like one of their main selling points. It's insane. And then even though, like, I may even have a ton of rest, like, I, I see it, I have to buy it. Like, it's like I have to put money towards it. I have to support it in some way. <laughs> even though they don't need my support at this point, I just feel like I have to support the cause, so to speak. Do you feel like you have to watch certain wrestling shows? Like, like uh, is it? part of your job yes. to keep up with like impact every week and raw and smackdown and whatever i obviously i have to without a doubt watch raw smackdown and nxt every week because mm -hmm. we're talking about it the next day right um something like the g1 uh, you know i'm gonna watch it obviously but i can watch it at my own time it's it's unless we until we get to the finals that's not going to be a hot topic on the show but mm -hmm. you know the finals of the G1 and Wrestle Kingdom are going to be obviously right that's you the know big show, those so are something that we're going to talk about or or if you know Dominion if Jericho's on the show you know something like that um impact wrestling i i definitely watched though i could probably get away without watching that that's not something that Unless I bring it up, nobody else is going to bring that mm -hmm, up. Mm -hmm. And obviously, working with Bully, I watch Ring of Honor every yes, week. Of course. And then, just for my own enjoyment, I'm watching New Japan on Access, and I'm watching MLW on Friday nights. Oh, MLW, too. Yeah. I, I went to see their taping uh, two weeks ago or whatever. Uh, Battle Riot. Oh, yeah, Battle Riot. Yeah. That was great. It was I crazy. It was, like, it, was, it was one of the most legit indie shows I've ever been to. Like It, it was a top-notch production. They brought in so much great talent and personally it was just exciting to see pentagon and phoenix on the yep. east coast because i i flew out uh, to a pwg show and i was just like beyond blown away by That's both so of cool. them and it's crazy to me that like pentagon is the star of that duo it, and pentagon is amazing don't get me wrong and, and one of the most metal characters in pro wrestling right really now. but i think phoenix is so underrated because he can do every style he obviously has lucha unlock but he is a great grappler he had a match with zach saber at battle of los angeles and he had zach saber's match they were doing hold and counter and he was like he was he right do there anything, with him. man. Yeah. he's really versatile and i i love mlw shane strickland right. yeah, I, that's is, great, is great and he and and all rumors are saying he's kind of on the wwe's radar right now right. but he's somebody we had him in studio he he has the gift of gab, and he has a presence about him. And mm -hmm. yeah, he's—I I love watching him. Yeah, and it's interesting now with WWE, they have this huge cash influx coming in from Fox and their new USA deal. They're making—they're going to be making like two and a half billion a year, or, or something like that. Uh, or no, 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 like five, two and a half billion over five years. That's what it is. Yeah. And so they have all the money in the world. So it'll be really inter interesting to see six months from now where the indie scene is because you have to feel like WWE is feeling the heat right now. They're not happy that Ring of Honor and New Japan sold out MSG. Here's why they're not happy. Not just because that's their home turf, quote-unquote. It's because there's going to be executives 
in the New York media world that are going to take note of the fact yep. that here is this alternate product to WWE that's selling out Madison Square, selling out the most famous arena in the world. And if WWE can get $500 million a year for their TV, maybe, you know, maybe the executives at Turner or Viacom or some of these other competing corporations are like, well, maybe we should spend, you know, $50 million a year on on tv which ring of honor will gladly take or or really where they're at, where they're at right now with sinclair broadcasting sinclair mm-hmm. bro- broadcasting is huge right but i don't think they respect wrestling and ring of honor enough to put them in a prominent spot so like i'm sure joe Coff with ring of honor is going to invite those suits over absolutely and say hey look at this look look around this this you know sold out crowd here this is still as big. Wrestling is as big as it's ever been, and we're a part of that. And I think that's going to be a big help. And you're right. I'm sure the WWE not scared, but you know what? It's let's just say it's on their radar for right, sure. It's not necessarily that they're scared. Yeah. It's just like it's it's business. It's like there's money out there, and these other companies are going to be up for it when that money could be ours. And know? when there's a spark, there's fire. Yeah. And who knows how this is going to heat up? Now listen. These other companies are way behind when it comes to the WWE. Right, and they're WWE, nowhere in the league. Yeah, WWE are trendsetters. But again, all all it takes, just like in a, a band in music, you know, you may have the number one album, the number one song one day, but there's somebody else that's going to, who knows the, who, where the next band is going to come right. from. Look ba- if you look back 25 years ago, WCW was completely in the shit. They was were, a total, yeah. It was dead. It was practically out of business. Two years later, they're beating WWE. It, it took two years. Just to beat W. That's all it took for them. Now, obviously, WWE is way further ahead of the game. Like, it's not even a thing. But there could be something on their tail. So it'll be interesting to see how the WWE tries to kind of put a block on it. Well, the proof is in the pudding. We had Mike Weber on who 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 is with Fight. And he was with WCW. He's with WWF. He's been everywhere. Mm-hmm. And he talked about when he was in WCW, just like you said, it was a struggle just to get people to come to center stage, which ho- only hold like a few hundred people. Right. And two years later, they're, you know, 40,000 fans for, right, for WCW, Dome. Yeah. Georgia Dome for WCW Nitro. It happened that quick. If you and I are having this discussion two years ago, I remember New Japan and Ring of Honor having a show together at Coney Island at the ballpark. Right, in Coney yeah, Island. yeah, I went There's to like that. Twelve hundred people there, yeah. and now we're talking about it. 20,000 20, fans at Madison Square Garden. It can yeah, happen that nuts. fast. It's also like uh, that's you made a great point about Sinclair, which I haven't really thought too much about, and it's true. I kind of feel like ROH was kind of like the redheaded stepchild of Sinclair. Like, yeah, like they just bought it. Because it's like, oh, we have a little bit of content to throw on our stations. And I remember there was a time they had a WrestleMania weekend show in, like, some warehouse. And the production on it was, like, embarrassing, (laughs) I remember. It was just... And and I feel like for the first 10 years or whatever, Ring of Honor's plight, they always were behind on... Like, the production quality never matched how good the wrestling quality was. Like, I would go to a live show at Grand Ballroom or Hammerstein and be like, this is the best wrestling in the world but then when i would wait for the tape to come out and load it into my dvd player or whatever i'm like why does this look like it's like you know shot on my my camcorder yeah, you know awful. so they were always a little behind and then that one wrestlemania weekend they got so much shit like you're owned by a major corporation blah 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 that i think sinclair like they showed it to sinclair like we're getting called out for our production and sinclair at that point 
upgraded their production to what it is now and now it's no complaints uh, other than sometimes i feel like they don't mic the crowd they uh, don't they don't like, like, the, like crowd the crowds are much hotter when you're in there than if you watch on tv but i think now that they see oh okay we're selling out madison square garden maybe we should be throwing more funding at ring of honor because you know they're doing something right yeah i i totally agree and we'll see what happens yeah we've had so much growth over the last year i'm really excited to see what happens in 2019 and i agree like even if last wrestlemania were like uh next year ring of honor is going to sell at madison square and i'm like get the fuck out of yeah, here i mean and wrestlemania is <laughs> four months ago yeah so we're talking the ring of honor had their their biggest attendance they've ever had of six thousand fans right. six thousand fans yesterday alone in a few hours they sold nine thousand tickets right in just a few hours and again all in ten thousand fans in less than 30 minutes this is this this we, we have to go back to the wcw days to see a company outside of the wwe that's had this much growth and had this much excitement, had this much popularity. Right. This is going to be the largest non-WWE attendance yep. in 20 years. Crazy. It's wonderful. Well, before we wrap up, let's just talk a little bit more. I, I, I wanted to bring up my favorite venue of yesteryear, Lemoore, <laughs> uh, because I grew up by Lemoore. Uh, I live in Brooklyn. I, it's so funny. Once I was old enough to move out on my own. I moved, no exaggeration, two avenues away from Lemoore, and that's when it shut down. <laughs> and I was oh, like, my oh. God. When I could finally walk to the show, because it was, you know, the thing about New York is space was very hot commodity. And, like, if you were going to a metal show, unless it's a big band that's in the Garden or uh, Nassau mm -hmm. Coliseum, you're going to go to Bumblefuck, like, out of your way to yep. find clubs. And Lemoore was no different. There, a train did go there, but it was in a very industrial area. But it had the best shows. What were some of the shows you saw? Well, I, I, I've remember? gotten kicked in the face at Lemoore's a couple of times. <laughs> As did many people. Um, yeah, you're right. Lemoore is like, in comparison to wrestling, it's like it's like the hammer. It's like the Hammerstein. It's like, or like, the, like the ECW arena. Yeah, maybe. it's like yeah. It, it, it really had that. I, I, I saw Slayer there. It, you know, it, it, I saw Man of War uh, open up for Motorhead at Lemoore in Brooklyn. Wow. Um, I, I, my my ears are still ringing from that show. <laughs> I swear, I I. I, I thought I was deaf coming out of that show. Like, it was crazy how loud that show was. But probably the, the show that meant the most to me was seeing Slayer at Lemoore. Yeah. And it was right after, it was right after Rain and Blood came out. So, peak Slayer. That's peak. Arguably peak Slayer. And I'm telling, I don't know if you've seen this, and there's some people that I truly respect and like and admire, and they talk about Slayer, and people talking about that, Seasons in the Abyss may be their best album, or mm -hmm. th there is there there is no conversation. No, I agree. there is zero conversation to be had. It's Rain and Blood, and it's not even close. The conversation is what Slayer's second best yes. album. You <laughs> That's that, where the argument add, is. You, yeah. If to me, the greatest thrash album of all time is Rain and Blood, in my opinion. Okay, it's it's that, that it's, it's even, Rain and Blood. Yeah, you you don't agree. I mean, I haven't I haven't thought about it. Like, okay. I, I need a minute right. to think about it. Mm -hmm. uh, Rain and Blood is one of Rain and Blood is one of the first like hard extreme metal albums that I got into, and, mm -hmm. and it was and, and it's so funny because looking back, it's like like now it's like it's not that heavy. <laughs> it's it's heavy in, in in context if you've never heard anything yeah. heavy before. Uh, that album means a lot to me. It would be between that, Ride the Lightning. Uh, which is my favorite Metallica album, uh, and and maybe 
as an outside pick carnivore uh, retaliation because I great. feel like that like carnivore doesn't get the credit for like the thrash that they did just because Peter Steele was so much more successful with typo but they were doing it man they yeah. were fucking my, I loved it my I you know I I, I remarried and um, you know my stepdaughter is a huge huge typo negative fan mm. and it's kind of weird that like you know a quote-unquote daughter of mine is blasting carnivore <laughs> in the next room and she does like she plays those awesome. first those those two carnivore albums yeah. like all the time and it, it's it's like all right there's hope here for, <laughs> that's great. for the future because yeah. people are listening to carnivore uh absolutely and you could really hear where peter was going like there are little typo parts sprinkled in like little piano parts in carnivore which is always really cool yeah you, you're well. right it's you you can there it's not just that heavy fast music there right, were right. there there were there are like breakdowns in the song and there are some like you know arches and slow yeah, 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 you, yeah. You, you can you definitely hear some of the where like you said where he was going also you mentioned lamore in brooklyn i just have to throw out a venue and i talked to, to you about it before we started taping mm-hmm. is streets in new rochelle like that club and probably it's not remembered and there's no stories tied to it. And, you know, nobody has a, a monument anywhere in remembrance to streets in New Rochelle. It kind of just became, you know, when by the, by the end of the 80s, it became a dance club and it completely got forgotten about. But streets in New Rochelle is really where I got my first live experiences to a lot of the bands that I still love now. You know, like I saw suicidal tendencies at streets in New Rochelle. I saw, you know, I saw Dark Angel at Streets in New Rochelle. I saw Death at Streets in New Rochelle. Not people talk about Dark Angel anymore. Such an underrated band. I yeah, they, I, 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 I believe that, too. Like, yeah. You know, Ludacrist I saw at Streets in New Rochelle. Like, there, there's a lot of these bands that, like, people still like today that I, I first saw them because they were one of the few clubs that it was, you know, 17 to enter, 21 to drink. Mm-hmm. So, like, I was able to go with my brother because my brother was old enough to drink and I was just a senior in high school. Mm -hmm. So I had that as a senior in high school, I had that live exposure of going to New York and seeing these bands. Well, one thing you you say you're an old man. At least you grew up in arguably the best era of heavy metal. I, 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 you know what, man? You're so right. I, I am so blessed and to be able to. To, to grow up and, and live through that. You yeah. Know, to see a lot of these bands that are still bands th- that are playing now, which is crazy. You know, it's, it's you know, it, there's so many bands. Again, and, and there's Guns N' Roses, and, and maybe the people listening to this like will hate me for it, but Guns N' Roses sucked when I saw them back in the 80s, and they suck now. <laughs> 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 They're the one band that hasn't changed. They sucked back then, and they suck now. I love it. That's a hot take. <laughs> You also had to live through the whole hair metal thing, but that's fine. They, you know, there's some of that I like too. Yeah, of course. I mean, there was. A good I didn't like it. Then. I didn't like it then. Right. But I, I, I think for nostalgia, I appreciate it and like it now. Well, what are some of those bands that you think? Like, you're... um, you know, like a Motley Crue. Like, oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah you know, like a like a Motley Crue. I, I honestly didn't like or respect then yeah. because by that point, when I, I was into the Venoms and the Slayers. Right. You're into metal. You're yeah, into the so denim. The, not yeah, the I was. Yeah, 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 I was yeah. so like, you know, I, I like. When home, you know, when uh, Theater of Pain came out, I was like, the, the, you know, come on, like, all right, <laughs> all right, I'll listen to Shout at the Devil, but don't give me this crap, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So a lot, of, that was the one bad thing about metal back in the mid '80s is that a lot of those 
like quote-unquote hair metal bands or glam bands got lumped in with the true metal bands. Right. Like, you know, because the, the, to me, the two debates are like Metallica or Slayer or Judas Priest or, or, or Iron, Iron Maiden. Maiden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm more of a Priest guy than a Maiden guy. Priest was always heavier for me. Um, I was a Priest guy then. I'm more of a Maiden guy now. Mm, interesting. interesting. I, think, I think Priest, like in the 80s, was I, I liked them and appreciated them more than Iron Maiden in the eighties. Yeah. But like I think there is a cap on Priest. Like I think there was a certain point where it kind of ended for them. Yeah, I agree. And where like Iron Maiden still pumps out very good albums. So the last Priest album though I thought was very the last that, two. The, the, yes. Yeah. But it's not you know it's I got not what you're really saying, Judas though. Priest yeah. anymore. Like they, had they a dip, you know, lost yeah. KK Downing and so totally got it. Yeah. Whereas Maiden is still. Maiden it's just add, Maiden. Maiden adds members. They don't remove yeah, they, members. They don't remove members. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as Nickel McBrain is still in the band, I'm, yeah. I'm okay with that. Well, David, thank you so much for for taking. That's some it. Time. That's it. That's all. We we've been talking almost an hour now. <laughs> is that we've right? Been, yeah, we're this is. <laughs> I, I just know. feel like we scratched the surface. But I know. No, this, I is know. Aw- this is awesome. I, I listen. You know, I just did my show for three hours. I'll, I'll I'll talk to you forever. So this has been awesome. I really appreciate it. Yeah, and I, I really appreciate you coming in town. Uh, uh, busted open on every day. Sirius XM Rush. It's it? a, well, we just changed names of the channel. It's now uh, Sirius XM Fight Nation. Fight Nation, which fits in better with the whole combat sports motif yes, yes, of the channel. But you can hear Busted Open nine a.m. to noon Eastern time. Like you said, Monday through Friday, myself, Bully Ray, Mark Henry, Tommy Dreamer. So if you're if you're a big wrestling fan, whether you're a hardcore fan or just a casual fan, I think you would enjoy our show. And what's the channel number? Ninety three. Ninety three. There we go. David, thank you so much. I will see you either in the pit or at the wrestling. Show. I still do. I still do the pit, man. I don't do the pit. You don't I'm do in the, the pit. Anymore? I'm in the back. I'm in the I'm by the bar. With my arms crossed. You know what? I, I always end up finding myself on the edge of the pit. I think just because I'm a, a tall guy and people just retreat behind me. <laughs> All right, let me ask you this. I know, I know we're running out of time. Yeah. Greatest concert you've ever been to? The greatest concert... I, see, the greatest concert experience I ever had was uh, the first Sounds of the Underground tour. Uh, the headliners were Lamb of God, Clutch, Guar. Wow. And the reason it was so great is it's like a combination of everything. It was an outdoor show. I had all my friends. Uh, this was like, it was just such a fun, full day that I have very positive memories of that. That's awesome. So that one, uh, let's see. Uh, I saw Pink Fl- this is in the metal, but I saw Roger Waters at Yankee Stadium do The Wall, which blew every metal show i've ever gone to out you know, of the water you're not the only person i've i've talked to a lot of people that were really pink floyd fans that went to that show yeah. and thought it was the greatest show they've ever seen it it like it was like this is the pinnacle of live performance it, like every the sound was better than the record you know it was so crazy the band that he had was amazing he had G.E. Smith from SNL was his band leader. So he was fucking shredding it up. And the whole presentation was just like next level. Uh, And the Big Four. I saw the Big Four in New York. That was a really I missed the Big Four. I saw like I would call it the Mini Four. Back in 1990, (laughs) I saw. um, Oh, the Clash of the Titans. Clash of the Titans. Yeah, yeah. And I saw that. I saw it in uh, Middletown, New York at at a racetrack. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And uh, it was, you know, Allison Chains opened up and nobody knew who the hell right. Allison Chains was and they practically got booed off. But that was right in the middle of the feud between Megadeth and Slayer. So, like, Megadeth was next up. And while Megadeth was playing, there was a helicopter that landed far off the left from the stage and Slayer came out of the helicopter. So during Megadeth's set, wow. everybody was looking at the helicopter and chanting Slayer. Wow. It was amazing. <laughs> so I'm guessing that's one of your... Yeah, it's def that's definitely one of the best shows. What, what else you got? Uh, seeing Kiss reunite, you know, as a, as a longtime Kiss fan, seeing them reunite with the original members and playing Madison Square Garden was awesome. As I told you before, I'm a huge Alice Cooper fan. So right. anytime Alice Cooper plays, it's like... That was yeah. my favorite concert. Like every time I see yeah, him, yeah. He, he just gets better with age. It's unbelievable. And the band that he has right now, I think, is honestly the best band that he's had since the original band. You mentioned Alice in Chains. I never got to see the original Alice in Chains, sadly. But when they did their reunion shows, their first one back uh, with the new singer, uh, William Duvall. Mm -hmm. I saw that at Irving Plaza, and it made me... 10 times more of an Alice in Chains. Fan really? Because they were just so good. And it's really just like, it was one of those moments, like I never, heard, I heard those songs my whole life, but I never heard them live. And hearing the power of that music live is like, wow, these are fucking jams. You know, these are like legit, yeah, like great songs. And I just went back and like, dove deep into that old that's so cool that's see that's that's what a good performance will do yeah that you want to hear more of it once it's over i i gotta throw out you know we we talked about like metallica when i saw metallica you know on, on the black album tour when they didn't have an opening band it was just them it was just an evening with metallica mm -hmm. and they played over two plus hours and again there's no there's no filler there there's nothing from load or reload that's right. just their classic period and them opening up with like am i evil and like it's just that, wow you they're know? just the peak of their stamina yeah, and performance yes, and, yeah. yeah so yeah honestly i didn't even go to these uh farewell slayer shows just because it was like you know what i've said my farewell to slayer i can't i get I, it I, I i was i i um i I actually, a buddy of mine got me a ticket and I was psyched to go, but Ring of Honor was that night at the Hammerstein and I mm -hmm. wanted to go, uh, you know, I wanted to support Bully. Plus my, my daughter is a big Ring of Honor fan and oh, she, that's loves, awesome. she loves Marty Skrull. So I had to go, but yet, you know what? There's a part of me that says, you know what? I saw Slayer at their peak. Yeah. It's um, never going to be. I, it's, it, I'm not going to see that Slayer. Mm -hmm. I, I'm, I, uh, you're right. I, I came to peace. Like I'm I'm good. Like yeah. I'm I, I'm honestly I'm good with Metallica. I I don't want to see Metallica anymore. Yeah. I'm I'm good. Like I've seen them. They're never going to be as good as they were. And as, this is not a knock on them. This is not saying you shouldn't go see. If no, you haven't seen Metallica, go go. go. Yeah, yeah, go, yeah. definitely. If, especially if you haven't seen them. Yeah. But I've I've come to peace with that. Right. Yeah. And I and I think that's like a very uh, powerful moment in a music journey when you're like, all right, this isn't mine anymore you yeah, know like it's a, i've experienced it, it yeah now with alice cooper i will see him and i have an obsession with alice cooper i will see him until i can't see him anymore like i don't know who's gonna live longer him or me i mean <laughs> it was just sad to say because there's a 30 plus year difference <laughs> <between>. <laughs> he looks great but for um but um but i will see him until i can't see him anymore and I, i've seen him well over 30 times 
And, but, but he puts on a show. Yeah, he puts just, on a show. Like it's, it's it's like Slayer and some fire. You yeah, know? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just yeah. So I can see that, and like that's kind of how it is with Guar. I feel anytime I see them, it's always a different thing because they they just have such a live theater performance to it, you know. But anyway, we can go on about this Sorry, for like I, another I prolonged this another 50 it's minutes. Fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. We're yeah. doing great on time. And, and Dave, thank you so much. Thank well, you, man. I'll have you, we'll have you back on maybe do some sort of metal roundtable with, with a few I, other I'm, people. I'm so up could, for whatever, man. Could rant. I uh, am I am the biggest whore you'll ever meet. <laughs> I will do just about anything. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Well, well, on that note, busted open every weekday. Sirius XM Fight Nation, you're going to be at All In. You're going to be on the Jericho Cruise. Oh, good. I'm glad. I, I always forget about promoting myself. We're going to be. I don't know when you're going to post this, but we uh, have a, we have a SummerSlam party that's happening at the Kings Brewery, um, uh, right outside Barclays, uh, just about a block away. It's myself and Mark Henry from three to five Eastern time. We're going to be in Brooklyn, so please come by and see us. And we have breakfast with Busted Open. That's going to happen all in weekend. Uh, we're going to be doing our show Friday morning that weekend. It's free to the public, so come by and see Bully. Dave LaGreca, wonderful gentleman. Great talk. We're going to talk for another hour or two. And uh, I'm sure if we recorded it after this weekend, we would have talked for another hour because the New Japan annual summer tournament, the G1 Climax, has concluded. And I've seen so many great matches that I feel like I've been spoiled now to the point that I'm... And, you know, I don't like to be negative, but I'm genuinely not excited about SummerSlam. I'm not not excited, but I'm just very indifferent about SummerSlam because of how great the G1 Climax was. And I know that nothing on the show, maybe Samoa Joe versus AJ Styles, will come anywhere close to the matches that I saw in the last month. There were 96 matches in the tournament alone. I watched, I want to say, at least 90 of them. I, I Maybe I skipped only a few. And there have been so many good ones. If you have not gotten into New Japan and you've just been hearing me and other people talking about it and you want to get into it, you got cable. Access TV every Friday night, I believe at 9 p.m., they're going to be doing the best matches from the G1. You got to check this out. If you want to search for them online or go to njbwworld.com, my favorite match of the entire tournament was the final. The final was unreal. It was so emotional. Tanahashi versus Kota Ibushi. I mean, I'm spoiling it, but by this point, yeah, I feel it's been a few days. It's fine. But it was one of the best matches I had ever seen. The night before, Kenny Omega versus Kota Ibushi, another excellent match. Not quite the barn burner I thought it would be, but it was clear. The reason it wasn't quite the barn burner is because they know they're, they will be wrestling again down the line and they're really saving it for their big main event match, which wouldn't have a 30-minute time limit. And, of course, Ibushi is entitled now to a title shot since he beat the, the world champion, as is Ishii. Holy crap. Possibly the MVP of the G1 tournament. Really enjoyed all of Ishii's matches. My favorite was the one he had with Kota Ibushi. Most will say the Kenny Omega match was the best match. Kota, uh, Kenny Omega versus Ishii. I, I like the Kota Ibushi match better. And, and in my opinion, the, the last night was the best match of the tournament. So many great matches. Definitely check out the G1. While I might not be too excited about SummerSlam, uh, although, you know, actually after watching Raw, that angle with uh, Paul Heyman was pretty interesting. It kind of got me back into the main event, which I give it to them. I'm into Samoa Joe versus AJ Styles. That should be a good match. I don't really think Nakamura 
against Jeff Hardy. If they keep it as a singles, Randy Orton's just going to interfere. So I hope, you know, they just add him to it. I hope Carmella loses the title because as much as I like her as an act, I don't think she should be a women's champion. I think Ronda Rousey is going to win. There's already been advertising for shows later in the year with her with the title. But I, I kind of felt like uh, they should have probably saved that till WrestleMania or something. I don't know. I hope I hope she doesn't win and still chases it. And she's actually been one of the highlights of, of Raw lately. And the rest of the matches, I don't know, guys. I just it's it's not really doing much for me. The the match I'm least looking forward to is Finn Balor versus Constable Corbin, which uh, more a slight on Constable Corbin than Finn Balor because I'm a big fan of Finn's. Uh, but the night before NXT TakeOver Brooklyn, both of these shows are within walking distance from my house. I'm uh, pro- like most likely not going to SummerSlam. I'm heavily considering getting a ticket to NXT TakeOver because that lineup looks awesome. Johnny Gargano versus Tommaso Ciampa in a last man standing match should be unreal. Uh, Kyrie Zane versus Shayna Baszler should be phenomenal. Uh, British Strong Style against uh, Undisputed Era will be great. You know, all these matches. Uh, Velveteen Dream vs. EC3, one of the most fun feuds. And Ricochet versus uh, Adam Cole, baby. Are you kidding me? That's going to be great. So that's that's probably going to be better than SummerSlam. <laughs> so I'm more looking forward to that than I am to SummerSlam. But here we are. We're back. Maybe after SummerSlam I'll do a little recap show. Or maybe not. Let me know what you want to hear from Squared Circle Pit. What guests you want to hear. Tweet me at Squared Circle Pit. No E in circle. At Rob Injections, my personal account. I will be back in the next two weeks with a brand new episode. And I will try to be as consistent as possible with this one. Thank you for sticking around. See you next time in the pit.